Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Well, anyways, welcome to Centerpoint Church. We're happy you're here. My name's Aaron DeMaster. I'm the pastor here. Our mission here is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We do hear what any good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style, it just might be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other churches in the area, but we want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously and want to guide you and encourage you in your weekly walk with God. This week, we're continuing a series that we've been calling This is the Year. A new year, it just tends to be the time many of us look to make changes or, or goals. So as a church, we want to help make this year the year for you. Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally. And the topic for today is one that people get kind of high-pitched like I am right now. Uh, but for real, it's, it's one where people get nervous, sweaty, clenched, tense, frustrated. We're not talking about being constipated or anything like that. We're not talking about politics again either. A little side note, uh, our politics series that we called Talking Points that we did in October, that was the most listened to message series of 2021. Y'all like controversial things. Is that, that's what it's showing. You like controversial stuff. Today's topic fits that category as today's topic is on money. It's on money. To get us thinking about money, I have a few questions for you. Who would love to be rich right now? Come on now, I, that, that's me. Like, I, I, it'd be great. It'd be great to be rich. Who would love to be rich? Who knows someone rich? Anybody? Come on now, you know some rich people. Who thinks that if you were rich, you'd do a better job than the person you know? All right. uh, okay, now you're, now you're silent about it. Uh, just curious though, how many of you would say you're, you right now are filthy rich? All right. No one, no one. Almost none of us are, are filthy rich, right? Yet wouldn't mind being. Actually, many of us would love being filthy rich, so much so that there was a survey done that shows many of us are willing to do some weird things for $5 million. What would you be willing to do for $5 million? Just think for a second. 54% of the people that did the survey, they said that they would listen to country music for the rest of their life. Maybe. <laughs> 42% said they would have all of their teeth removed for five mil. 25% said they would live in solitude for 20 years. 50% said they would let a random person die if they got $5 million. Eee, yikes, right? We are willing to do some weird stuff, weird things that I think many of us see as filthy rich or to become filthy rich. But for you, when it comes to money, what is rich even? What is rich? Looking at a Gallup survey, people who make about $30,000 a year, they say $74,000 would be rich. Some of y'all are in the room and you're like, that ain't rich. That's not rich. People making 50 grand say that 100 grand would be rich. Some of you make that and you're like, that's not rich either. No. And then like top income earners, they say they need $5 million in assets to consider themselves rich. So you ask someone that has $2 million, if they're rich, they're like, no, I'm not rich. The point being is rich is a moving target. Whenever we think we'll be comfortable, have enough, be satisfied, there's always a little bit more we could have and feel that we need. For you, what's that number? What's that number for you? How much do you need to be content? Our answer is most likely a little bit more, me included at many times on that statement. 
to give you a glimpse of how this happens, I have a little personal story that I think you can all relate with me on. It, was, uh, it deals with my first job. My first job ever, I worked at a, a gas station for boats in Green Lake. Now, Green Lake is close to my hometown. It's kind of like the ritzy lake of the area, like a lot of really nice boats on the water. Well, I pumped gas at this place, uh, and I'd fill boats with with gas. It was awesome. And I was making like a cush $8 an hour at the time, which was like a ton. It was awesome. It was a lot of money. And, I, and I, what I would do is I'd hang out on the docks. I'd eat some snacks, work on my tan, be in the AC, walk on the dock, and then fill up gas for people. Sure, there was like some risk, right? Like of, of people being under the influence with the boats and like kind of like helping them dock and falling into the water was a risk, getting sunburned. All those things happened. It was rough. Not really. It wasn't that at all. But all, all those things did happen. But I fill up for people, and many people would give you then, after you fill up, they'd give you a few dollar tip. A few bucks. And at first I was like, yes, two bucks, sweet. You know, like I filled you up two bucks. This is awesome. But then as I became a regular at the job, you could get a $5 bill once in a while. Like people had a five, and it was like, ooh, all right, th this is great. Well, then as I really got to know the job, you could also get a 20 or a 50 once in a while, like from some people. And then after you got the 20 or 50 and people are like, here's two or three bucks, you're like, come on, how about some more? You know, like, you'd be like, two or three bucks, that's pocket change, that's nothing. Our perspective and desires, they change, right? They change. When we acquire more or get a certain amount, it just kind of changes. It gradually becomes more. The point is, just like the survey and myself, it seems once we get somewhere with money, the new place, it's not enough. There's always room for a little bit more to be fully content, to be satisfied, to finally feel we have enough. Can you relate? Have you changed your view of what you need financially when your income changes? As, for this, as we think about this series, this is the year and the topic of finances, I just want you to think, to make this the year financially, since the target's moving, what does that even mean for you to make it the year when we think about this topic? Is it to get more is it to be able to give more? Is it to have a, maybe a better perspective on money? Is it to be more disciplined, to be less in debt? Is it to become more God-honoring in your finances? Is it all of the above? Whichever one it is for you, I believe today's message can guide you to the, your next step and help you get to your next step. But before we dive in, I do want to state a disclaimer for everything that is said today. By no means is this message for you th or to tell you that if you follow certain steps or, or give certain money or, or do certain things, you are guaranteed uh, material blessings from God. That is not the case. Or, or that if you do these certain things, you're going to become rich, make more money, or have a, have a jet one day. That is not the case. That is not how God works. That is not how God promises anything like that. He doesn't promise anything specific like that. But I do believe if you follow some of the things we talk about today that are pulled directly from Scripture, you will experience God's blessings in your finances. That could mean more. It could mean just a better perspective. It could mean just more contentment or freedom from feeling of needing more. So let's get to it. And today we're approaching our, our message, if you've been to a message here before, a little bit backwards today. I want to give you your practical action steps first. And then we're going to talk about where these are in the Bible and how we can apply them to our lives. So the, the three action steps are this. Free yourself, be different, and embrace responsibility. Now before we dive into talking about these three, what exactly is money? 
what is money? Now, I know you're like, oh, I know it's the paper stuff. Like, you know, it could be any of these, right? Any of these options, like it's a bunch of different currencies. There's differences, but it's that paper stuff. These days, it's even this, right? Like Bitcoin or, or some sort of cryptocurrency. It's still not this, unfortunately. Like we could be stocking up on Monopoly games. But what money is, is money is a medium of exchange. It's an agreed upon item you can use to make a purchase or a trade or, or pay off debt with. The medium of exchange will differ in different areas, but it's all essentially the same. What money can't do, though, money does not live. It doesn't have a life of its own. It cannot act on its own. Money can only do what you tell it to do. Yet, does anyone ever feel like a slave to money or that money is your master sometimes? Hooked on its power, hooked on your desperate need for more or for your need for it, hooked on addiction for just a little bit more. And you maybe find yourself considering things you never thought you would to get more. Work harder, work longer, work, work more hours, put yourself in awkward situations, finance more. We get caught worried not just about our needs, but worrying about that, the fact that we think we need more to be happier. We get caught in that. I think we've all been here before. These feelings are what almost all of the verses in the Bible that talk about money bring light to and give us direction on how to combat and free ourselves from the hooks of money. I mean, if we just take a topical look at lots of the verses on, on money in the Bible, these are the things that kind of pop up. It's Hebrews 13.5. Keep your life free from the love of money. First Timothy, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Uh, Proverbs, wealth is gained hastily will, and it will dwindle. The rich rules over the poor. No one can serve two masters. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. It's on and on and on. This is just kind of a topical look at the, at the concept of money. We can see the majority of them are all warning us, warning us to watch out. But if I'm honest, I've fallen to a lot of those warnings. And statistics say you probably have too. So the first step to make this the year is to free yourself from money. Free yourself from money. It's so easy for us to become slave to money, to think it's the answer to our problems, to rely on its security. It's so easy to start believing most problems could just go away if we had more money. But it tends to just show us, if we start thinking that, that we're under the power of money. We, th we start thinking like, if we could just have a little bit more, we'd be happier as a couple. If we just had a little bit more, we'd probably be less busy and our life would be better at home. If we just had a little bit more, our kids would be better behaved or easier at home. That's the slavery of money when we get sucked into that. More money isn't going to help your kids be better behaved or stay off drugs. More money isn't going to make your depression go away. More money isn't going to save your marriage. Sure, money helps some things, but if we think it's the answer to all of our problems, we are under its power. We don't need more of what's temporary. We need more of what's eternal. We don't need more money. We need more Jesus. And I know that sounds completely churchy, which is not something I like doing. When I say you need more Jesus, it means you need to start following some of his ways and directions for those areas. So how do we break the slavery of money if we're stuck in it? It's strange, but it's giving to God. I'll read it for you. It's in Matthew 6, 19. It, it was where it starts, and it talks about this. It says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus is saying, 
where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Meaning, is your heart willing to give away some? Will it show a release of slavery? Or is it holding on? Showing an untrust, holding on because of what you think you need or what you think will fix the problem, or in other words, slavery to money. Giving is a physical action, but it's an internal heart choice that you make. Giving to God is, is a way God wants to release you from the slavery of money. What or how much does God ask for? It talks about this in Leviticus 27.30. It says this, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belong to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Now, these verses are saying a tenth, also known as a tithe. And back then, crops were like currency. They were like the cryptocurrency of that time, I guess. It's saying give a tenth of that away. If you have never heard that before, you maybe are like, whoa. That's kind of a lot. You're kind of maybe having like the choke, spit up like type moment like in Seinfeld with Kramer, like with coffee, check it out. Kind of this like this. This guy's <laughs> He really is. But he's but a you say a tent? Yeah, he he's a nice looking what? guy. <laughs> you know, like freaks out a little bit. That's, that's a lot, right? A tent is a lot. It's a lot of money. I know. Don't kill the messenger. I'm right there with you because just because I'm a pastor, it doesn't mean that I'm exempt from tithing or that I think it's all of a sudden like easy to do. Now this is where like our message, it's getting a little sweaty, a little pants, a little high pitch, right? Frog in the throat moment about our topic. And what I want to do is I don't want to pretend that I'm all righty tidy about this stuff or that I think it's easy. It took me a long time to embrace this. And I wanted to share a little bit of my experience with you on this. Uh, as an early Christian at first, it was like, Ah, Leviticus, that's like Old Testament. That's Old Testament. We don't really follow all those laws anymore. Like, and then someone like pointed out to me, they're like, well, Jesus talks about tithing. Like, did you know that? Ah, rats, right? You know, like that was, that was the thing that like someone pointed out to me. I'm like, oh, rats. And I still felt convicted. And I was like, fine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go to the Christian bookstore. I'm going to buy some books, some CDs, some trinkets, some coffee, some cookies. Load up on that each month. I go there a lot anyways. It'll be a win-win. But then I realized I was just fulfilling me still. I was just fulfilling my needs, things I wanted. So then finally I sat down and I figured out, like, what 10% would be. I was like, what? That's a lot of money, right? I kind of had, like, the Home Alone moment. Like, that, that's crazy. And I thought, again, this is me, like, early on in my faith. And I was thinking, I'm going to have to rearrange my spending to make that happen. As in, not do certain things now. I wasn't, I wasn't happy about this. This is, this is a frustrating moment for me in my faith. I remember being angry thinking, uh, again, I'm a new Christian at that time. This whole stinking Christian thing is what I'm thinking. If I tithe, I'm going to have to change my whole financial planning and essentially my daily, monthly, and yearly actions around what God wants. I don't want that. That stinks. But then as I started reflecting on that exact thought, to only let God rearrange part of my life. It's not really what he wants. It's not what he wants. It's not letting Jesus lead my life. And this barrier for me to give 10%, to change my ways financially, it showed I was under this curse of money for a long while, actually. I was in that tension for a long time. I sat in it. I struggled thinking, I'll just work more. I'll just work more and, and give a specific amount. But that's not how it works. 10%. I'll serve more, but, but, but that wasn't breaking me from the slavery of money if I, if I just served more and didn't give. I had to get over the hold of money internally by finally just giving it away as God says. 
No, as you think for yourself, have you been there before? Are you, are you maybe there? Have you, have you struggled with a mindset like that, like, like my own, feeling that there's no way you could give up 10%? Well, tithing is a giant change and commitment, but it's also something God helps with in no other way in faith than only with money. This is something God does very uniquely with money and nothing else in the entire book of the Bible. I don't know if God just knew that, like how much we'd freak out about like giving money away, or like he just knew that the grips that money would have on us. But there is no other place in Scripture and no other time in Scripture where God says, test me, test me. This is the only time where God in the Scripture says, test me, and and I think it's to help us. Check it out. It's in Malachi 3.10. It says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. God is saying, test me. Test me by giving to me, and I will bless you. When I hear someone say, test me, I instantly, like, I'm a martial artist. I instantly think fighting. Like, challenge me. Bring it on. Like, and lately I've been really into Cobra Kai. Any other Cobra Kai fans? It's a fun show. It's a little inappropriate, but it's kind of fun. Um, and it's been on my mind lately. And when I think of test me, I think of fighting, and I think of Cobra Kai. Kind of like this scene. Check it out. That guy's a rat. That's spearing at least a double minor. Hey, ref, spearing! Double minor! Come on! Come on! Your boyfriend do all your talking for you? No, I'm, I'm just explaining the rules to him. Oh, yeah. Come explain it to me down here. Okay, I know what you're trying to do, all right? I'm not going to get in a fight with that guy. Come on down. Fight me, right? Challenge me. I, I love it. I love it. God essentially says, challenge me with your finances. Challenge me. This is a huge deal biblically, actually. All other areas with God, we are required to have faith. As in, believe kind of blindly, kind of wait, be patient, maybe even for years. But with money, this is the one and only time in Scripture that God says, test me and I will bless you. Test me and I will bless you. Now, bless, I don't know what that means. I really don't. But, but if I'm looking to make my financial situation the year this year, I think the floodgates of heaven, as the Scripture says, poured out on my finances I think that helps, right? Like, I think that would help. What exactly does that mean, the floodgates of heaven poured out on your finances? I don't know. I, I really don't. Does it mean more or like a boat or the thing you've been waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is it means God promises a blessing from heaven to here. And that's got to be worth something good, right? It's got to be. So for you, as you think, does money have its grips on you? Do you need to make the physical decision of an internal heart change inside? Is tithing or or maybe just trying or or testing God for a while the start you need to make to make this the year financially for you? One disclosure, I hate talking about money up here. I hate it. It just feels awkward as a pastor of a church. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you hate this topic. I'm sorry if you hate us, me talking about this. Come back another time. I'm like so excited that you're here just taking a next step in your faith, like, Honestly, like, I've talked, probably done, like, 80 messages here on stage. I think I've talked about money, like, one or two other times ever. So you're bound to not hear another money talk for a long time. So come on back. 
But I don't want you thinking as you leave here that this, all this church does is talk about money. All they do is talk about money because that is just not true. But like any area of faith that we talk about here on Sunday, my goal as a pastor is to help you become more holy in your living for God in all areas, right? In marriage, in parenting, faith, daily life, actions, prayer life, whatever, right? And money is a topic in Scripture that is no different that we need to address. But as you think about potentially giving or, or tithing, what you do need to know is God set it up this way to both free you from the hold of money and also to support his church. But with that in mind, I want you to know God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. God is doing just fine. He's God, right? And I believe God will make happen what he wants in a place, no matter whether you give or not. As a church plant, I'm not saying this like because like we're flush with cash or anything like that. We're not flush with cash. But I do believe God will provide if we are true to him and we do what he wants, no matter what. But how he does that, how he achieves his mission and purpose is raising people up to live holy. Noah, Abraham, Esther, Ruth, Moses, David, Paul. They were called to live holy and honorable lives to God. They had a choice to do something about it or not. There's a verse that I think applies to all things for people looking to offer their lives as a holy sacrifice to God. And it's just so powerful to me. It's one, it's one of my favorites that really sticks to me. It's with Esther, actually. And it's in her decision-making to risk her life to save her people. And her relative says this to her. And it, I, I think it applies really well when we bring it to our context of giving. Let me read it for you, and then I'll paraphrase it. It's in Esther 4.14. It says, If you keep quiet at a time like this, Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. If I'm bringing that to our context and paraphrasing it for our situation, uh, it, it would maybe read like this. If you hold back from not giving at a time like this, provision and relief for God's church, it will come from some other place at another time. We may not see it in our time, but perhaps you are in a position here at this time to give in such a time as this to make an impact here in Fond du Lac. I want to be used by God. Do you? Do you want the benefits tithing, of the tithing that God promises? The first way to make this the year financially is to free yourself from money by trusting God with your money. The next thing that we're going to talk about today is to make this the year financially is, is be different. Be different. I just got to ask a couple more questions. Has anybody ever, like, done anything stupid with money before? Come on now. Has anyone ever lost some money on something stupid? Okay. Has anyone gone into debt because of something stupid? You don't have to share it on that one. Just hold that one in. I have on all these, right? Uh, to share a little bit, I bought a Suzuki Samurai. It's like a car. Uh, I was all excited about it. I bought it in the dark, thinking I'm just going to rebuild this thing. It's going to be so amazing. It's all rusted and nasty. Rebuild it. I'm going to have like the top off, and my wife and I, we're going to be cruising in it, and we're going to look like this. Like It's just going to be like so shiny and nice. Uh, that is not a Suzuki Samurai, by the way. That's an FJ Cruiser. Way different than a Suzuki Samurai. Way cooler, but for some reason in my mind, I thought the Suzuki Samurai, we were going to look like this. I don't know why. But anyways, if you're a car person, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but that was a huge mistake. I had to just get rid of the car. It didn't work. I, I bought a fancy mountain bike uh, for an amazing deal on Facebook. I'm like, this is such a steal. This is an amazing deal. I'm buying this. And I bought it. And I didn't really look it over super closely. And the frame was cracked, which means the bike is shot. It's a shot bike. So uh, it, it, it's 
It's toast. Uh, I bought uh, uh, I've bought things on with cryptocurrency and lost uh, some money in that. Statistically speaking, we've all been here before. We've all made dumb mistakes with money. Here's a, a few more statistics of some of the things we do with money. Five out of six people impulse buy. Five out of six. That's probably one of us. 60% of people impulse buy every month. I'm right there. The majority of us do dumb things with money. The majority of us are not super responsible with our money. With that, in order to not do dumb things with money, we need to be unlike the majority, right? Here's a few things that Scripture says about this. Proverbs 22, 7, it says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Proverbs 21, 20, The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. These things are not what the majority does. The majority does not do these things, at least based off of statistics. The majority and Scripture's commands for things, they do not intersect at all, actually. Scripture says, owing the creditor is not good, yet 77% of us do. Scripture says, be wise, which means marriage, or to, which means manage money and have a budget, yet 75% of us do. Or do, we don't have a budget. 75% of us do not have a budget. Scripture says, give 10% to God, yet 5% people actually do. If we want to make this the year financially, don't do what everyone else is doing. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Be different, right? What's the difference where to be? Maybe it's Maybe it's limiting what we borrow and owe to our creditors. Maybe it's managing and being wise with our money and having a budget. Maybe it's tithing to God and not being a slave to it. When you find yourself doing the things everyone else is doing financially, those are the things you should take note of and change to make this the year. You might be thinking, well, everyone shops at that store. We've got to buy that expensive thing there. Do you need to? Everyone's in line at Starbucks. Do you need to? Everyone has this thing. Do you need it? Everyone maxes out their car once in a while. Come on now, it's fine. Do you need to? No one I know ties. Maybe you should then. Everyone buys things out of budget or on an impulse once in a while. Do you need to though? Personally, these were things I thought I was good at. But as I was reflecting on this week, I'm kind of bad at many of them. I found myself slipping on these. What about you? When you find yourself being the same as everyone else, take note because the majority of us do not do finances well. To make finances the year for you, be different by not doing the things the majority of us do. If you feel like, yeah, I got to do that. I got to start being different, and I want some help to do that. I'm, I'm excited to announce that as a church, we're going to be offering Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace Seminar. Uh, it's going to be starting in April. I'm really excited about it. And it's all about helping you become financially free and living different when it comes to money. Dave Ramsey, he's, he's got like these proven practices, and he's also this huge biblical advocate for doing things the way the Bible talks about as well. So if you've ever looked up anything in financial help or budgeting, you've stumbled upon Dave Ramsey. He, he's kind of like the guru when it comes to financial peace. And Dave is all about living differently. My favorite, my all-time favorite quote of Dave is this, if you will live like no one else, later you can live like no one else. So again, April, we're going to be offering the, his weekly seminars as one of our life group options. Simply write financial seminar on a connect card in the seat in front of you. If that's something you're interested in or you want more updates about that happening so that you can get in, in that life group specifically, so put that in uh, the offering bins when it comes by later on today, but to write financial seminar on that card, and we can get you all the information about that. All right, so we're two 
two-thirds of the way done with our message. We've done two of the three. And if you're a time watcher, don't stress. The third point's much shorter than the first two. But I thought we'd take like a little like 15-second break for some fun here. Uh, and what we're going to do is under one of the seats somewhere in this building, there is an envelope with two other envelopes in it. And it's cash. Take a look, take a look, take a look, take a look. Anybody got it? Like, wave it up if you're in your hand if you got it. Like, anybody got it? All right, got it there. Now, open the first envelope. I won't make you do anything weird, I promise. It's going to be good. Open the first envelope. And then there's two other envelopes. Give one to someone else. <laughs> Whatever you want. I don't know. Sure. All right, all right, awesome. All right, so what you did is you just gave away $5 of Monopoly money. That's awesome. Just kidding. It's actually $5 cash. But, but giving away when you have two, there were two other envelopes in there with cash. Or when you have surplus, it goes so well with our next point, which is embrace responsibility. To help you make this the year financially for you, Scripture says uh, in 1 Timothy 6, 7, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's not wrong to have stuff today. It's not wrong to, to like, own things or have money. You just got to make sure you're not a slave to it and know it's, not, and, and know it's from God. You don't have to feel guilty if, if that's you. Actually, what you should feel if you have that is you should feel responsible. You should feel responsible. In 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19, it, it explains this. It says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You might be here right now, and you might be feeling like, you know, we're doing, we're doing all right financially. Do you know you then have a responsibility to be generous now? And in doing so, you're laying the foundation for the future, is what that verse is saying. Here's a quick news flash, though. If you're like, ah, that, poor them, right? That's not me. Actually, statistically speaking, we're mostly rich here. You might not feel like it, but we are. We as a whole, as people, when looking at richness as in the world, we're pretty wealthy. Statistics say that if you have $5,000 right now, you're in the top 50% of the world. If you have $100,000 in assets right now, you're in the top 15% of the world. Have you embraced your responsibility financially? Are you generous? What's amazing about this, though, of, of having that responsibility, of embracing that, the fact that you're given responsibility, is God actually says it is more blessed to give than receive. Acts 20, 35, it says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. Jesus says that. God says it's more blessed to give than receive. If you want God to bless you, take responsibility to be a blessing to others. Become generous. Now, it doesn't say, like, it's not good to receive. I love receiving. I'm sure you love receiving. Receiving's great. Anybody else love receiving things, right? It's great. I do. It's awesome. I, I love gifts. I love coffee, presents, specifically M&M cookies, if anyone's taking notes. Cars, houses could be cool, too. Gifts are great. Receiving's great. 
We all know it's good to receive, right? We all know that. But God says it's more blessed, as in it's greater. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? When I think about my life, I can think of some of the great things I've received over the years. Uh, like growing up as a kid, skateboard or guitar or got my first MacBook, yay. Or like cash gifts I've gotten, like it was awesome. Like I was so excited about it. I remember them and it was great. But not as vividly as I remember giving gifts to people, of actually giving things away. I remember the, the preparation that went into it. I remember the reaction of the other person, the impact it had on them and their emotion behind it. It's truly a blessing more than, it's truly a blessing to be able to give more than receiving. Can you relate? Are you generous? If you're looking to make this the year financially, maybe it's changing your perspective on money and embracing it as a responsibility to be generous, to experience God's blessing and the blessing to be a blessing to others. How do you actually do that? Change your mindset. Change your mindset. Tell yourself giving is good. It is. Tell yourself it is more blessed to give because it is according to Scripture. Remind yourself to have a responsibility and not just for personal gain. If I'm being honest, this is probably my biggest hang-up uh, and struggle when it comes to money, to not pursue my own personal gain. I feel if I give more or give away generously, I feel I'm getting behind others, as in I, I'm giving up some of my, my status, and I'm pushing up others. And I, I just don't like that. I struggle with that inside. I feel like if I give, I'm losing out on something that I could have gotten. It makes me hoard. It makes me be less generous. It makes me be greedy. And when I change my mindset, I have rarely regretted giving, whereas it's a whole other situation of regret when it comes to the money I've spent on me as it happens all too often. So to make this the year financially, embrace the responsibility and become generous because it is more blessed. For you, that maybe means just embracing the responsibility of, of being generous in what you use. Maybe it means embracing the responsibility so that, you, that, so that others can experience something. Maybe it's embracing the responsibility to help uh, in some way that you never thought would be uh, essential for someone else. Embrace responsibility by becoming generous. We've talked about kind of a, a sensitive, constipated-like feeling of a topic today, money, right? And as we wrap up today, though, remember that Scripture gives us some clear things to do to help us make this the year financially. For you, maybe it's freeing yourself. Free yourself by trusting God with your money, by giving to God, maybe, for you, maybe that just means testing God a little by giving just a little. Maybe it's testing God by, by giving him 10% and seeing if the floodgates do open up for you. What is it that you need to do to free yourself? Maybe for you, it's being different. You need to be different by, by, by uh, choosing not to do the things the majority of us do. Majority of us, we're in debt, we're horrible with money, and we make mistakes. Be different by budgeting, by not taking on unnecessary debt. Maybe by giving. That's how you could be different. Or lastly, maybe you need to embrace responsibility by becoming generous. Do you need to embrace the responsibility of your wealth to cover maybe what you use or what, what someone else maybe could use or to help others in God's kingdom? When we do each of these things, we are doing things fully honorable to God, which will help make 2022 the year most blessed by God financially. I'm going to pray 
that one of these is something that we can act on and be challenged by this week to not only just think about, but to do. That God places on our heart exactly what he wants from us for one of these. If you want that prompting from God sometime this week of one of these challenges, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us uh, kind of an example of how, how you can help us when it comes to finances. God, we just pray that uh, whatever one we're, we're feeling challenged by, God, we pray we, we act on. Some of us are saying right now we want to make 2022 the year, the year for us. And you've given us directions on how to do that and help us follow through on actually doing those things. God, we pray that as, as maybe some of us are approaching of, of testing you, we pray that you, you do honor your promises. And God, uh, we just pray uh, uh, that as we go forward that we can continue to follow you and be honorable to you when it comes to our financial situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.